In this show, listener's discretion is advised. With talk of sensitive material such as, but not limited to, murder, rape, cult activity, along with strong language and more triggering content, we advise a precaution for young listeners. And if you like the show, please give a five-star rating and review. And with that out of the way, welcome to the dinner table with with the the Mad Hatters. Hatters. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mad Hatters, where we talk about... True crime. True crime. That wasn't as bad as last week, let me tell you. was not as bad as last week. That is new and improved, and my voice sounds less shitty, and I'm so happy about it. She does not sound like she's dying. She's not, for the first time in two episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm Maddie. I'm Ava. And I'm Destiny. And we are the Mad Hatters. And yeah, this is a podcast where we talk about true crime, and... Science and science drama sometimes sometimes (laughs) so why don't we just start off with what we're mad about yeah and in case this is your first episode we start off each episode with something that is just irking our bones grinding our gears if you will grinding our gears cursing us out in a subway parking lot if you will (laughs) which leads me to my first point i would like to discuss today okay thursday I had to take a microeconomics exam at LSU. Okay. So, I got up early. I left at 6.30, and I went to go to a little cute little coffee shop to go study for an hour before my test. So, I park in the parking lot, and I noticed the lady that's in the subway. So, the subway faces, like, the parking lot for the coffee shop. She was just looking at me funny, and I was like, am I about to get shot? It's too early in the morning for that, and I was not all the way awake. I really wanted like a, I wanted an iced pumpkin latte because yeah, I'm me. And if you ever see a picture of me, you'd be like, that bitch likes iced pumpkin lattes. Yeah, nasty. Also, it's the fall time, so it makes sense. But also nasty. She was not very fall. She's not in the fall spirit. Let me tell you. <laughs> and also, your pumpkin distaste is not gonna work for me. And I don't know that we can live together. It's not I okay. I do not like pumpkin. Anyways, Anyways, she didn't like pumpkin, if that tells you anything about this woman. Um, so uh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I go to get out of my car. She's looking at me funny. She unlocks the subway door. I see her unlock the door, and she's, like, walking out the subway door. And she's, like, I don't know. She's across the parking lot kind of for me, but close enough to, like, yell and for me to hear her. Yeah. And she was, like, ma'am, ma'am, you cannot park there. And I, w- I was, like, looking around because I parked there before to go to the coffee shop that is the coffee shop parking lot and I was so confused and I was like ma'am it's very early in the morning it's very early it was it literally wasn't even seven o'clock yet and I was like I I it's very early and she goes I could see that you're I could see your parking pass I can literally see your parking pass in your window and she's like screaming and cursing and losing her mind and like yeah you could see my parking pass for school but that I wasn't going to class it was seven o'clock in the morning yeah like their classes haven't even started yet and I just wanted to go study and I was like I was going to get coffee and she was like, no, you're going to go to class. And you cannot park there. And she was screaming. Like, I don't I don't know that she was what. Maybe, you know what? Maybe she was on drugs. <laughs> I don't know what this Wait, but you said, you said she unlocked the subway door? So mm-hmm. she worked there. Yeah, she worked at Subway. 
Interesting. Yeah. Well, she also was like in her 40s. So, I mean, being a woman in your 40s working at a subway, I understand the bitterness. But, <laughs> but like, she was not Maybe well. she's just had issues with people parking there and then going to class. But, like, still, that doesn't. It was 7 in the morning. Like, I understand that some people have 7 a.m. classes. But, like, at the same time, students go to other places besides their classes. Also, I would have just said, I would have been like, like you can watch me. If you need some yeah, binoculars, like, I have some in my car. Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to follow me to the coffee place? That'd be a bit creepy, but like, I mean, you can if you really <laughs> want to. And so I, I didn't really know say, and I was just like, you know what? I was like, ma'am, I can't. I literally cannot right now, and I was tired, and I sounded like I did in the last um, podcast episode that tells you anything about what. Not because I was sick at that point, just because I it was a morning voice. It was grungy. It was yeah. damp. It was gross. It was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> And I was Ma'am. like, it's, it's, very <laughs> it's very early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <Yeah. laughs> I'm just trying to get some coffee. <laughs> so like, it's almost like a New Yorker accent. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to get some coffee. I'm just trying to get some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, literally, you sound like you're from the Northeast. I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> Trying to get some fucking coffee at seven in the morning. Isn't that sexy? Um, mm, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, "Ma'am, I can't. I literally cannot." And I still sat it like shit. And I locked my car. And I was like, "My car is gonna get keyed. Like, there's like no. They're gonna key my car." So I went and studied. And then I was like, "You know what? Fuck that bitch. I'm leaving my car there. I wasn't going to. I was gonna go and I was gonna park somewhere else to go take my test that was closer. But no, I stopped studying earlier." And walked the entire way to Himes Hall at LSU <laughs> so that I could take my test. And then I went and walked another three miles on the other side of campus, went to class, and then worked all the way back to my car, changed clothes, walked all the way back, went to my meetings for the night for my after school stuff, and then walked all the way back at 7 o'clock at night. That you walked back so by yourself at 7 o'clock at night? Petty, though. I'm a petty bitch. I That's dangerous, but so fucking petty. You were worried about me today, walking in broad daylight to your car. I I feel as if I should be excluded from that because I not that you don't pay attention just like (laughs) (laughs) just like I feel as if like when people look at me on the street I'm always looking at them first not in like a stalker way but in a stalker way like like I already see them or like a glaring like a like a bitch yeah yeah (laughs) that's how I walk to class because I'm scared someone's gonna take me so I'm just like that's a great if I can scare them off I could just like resting face has to be so resting face start like a model walk so that way you're like look at me I just strut to class like a gay man every day yeah per you need you need like the Tyra Banks like smize yeah like you know smiling with your eyes smizing smizing that is the worst advice that I have ever received from <laughs> any individual ever, ever. But that's all I'm mad about. Um, the lady and that worked at Subway cursed me on the parking lot, and so I left my car there, and I hope I took her spot. Now that I'm done being hateful, what are you guys mad about? Actually, that reminds me of a little story. I'm just going to tell it real quick. But I got cursed out by a man at a pool store that worked at a pool <laughs> store. It was in Laplace, I'm pretty sure. I went there for my driving school, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, it was... Experience. Yeah, it was It was in Laplace because we were on the way back from a softball game. It was like a really big softball tournament for my school. Like, we got to skip school for it. The one in Sulphur? Yeah. 
I think that's the opposite direction than Laplace. Oh. Then I have no idea where I was. <laughs> okay. I have no <laughs> idea where I was. Anyways, it was somewhere in Louisiana on the way from Sulphur to Baton Rouge. Okay. And there was this, like, ugly-ass truck that we parked next to. And basically, we got out of our car. There was this ugly-ass truck. We, like, looked at it for one second, right? And then we saw next to the truck, there was a puddle in the shape of a penis. <laughs> So we were all, like, laughing and joking about it, and, like, we took pictures of it, and this man comes busting out of the fucking pool store, and is, like, literally the stereotypical, are you touching my truck? Are you looking at my truck? Are you messing with my truck? Looking at. Yeah, he was literally fucking, like. Sorry, I'll just go blind for you, like. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were, like, no, we're not touching your busted-ass truck. Wascom went fucking in on him. I could imagine. Yeah. I could imagine. But no, she was like, she was like, we're not touching your fucking ugly ass, busted ass truck. <laughs> <laughs> and then he started like cursing at us and we were just like, bye. And we walked off and went to go eat at the restaurant that we Did were going to. Did y'all take any pictures of the penis shaped puddle? Yes. Good. We, Good. Yeah. We Good sure design. did. Was his truck in the background? I don't know. He would have beat y'all up for that. Yeah. If you still have the penis shaped puddle picture. That was a mouthful. A penis-shaped puddle picture. Oh, that is not what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you still have it, we'll put it on Instagram. Just uh, like the other stuff I keep on saying, we'll put on Instagram. <laughs> It'll be up eventually. It'll be up eventually. Yeah. And then we, inside of the restaurant, we looked up the store, uh, the pool store, and we got it down to, like, one stars. <laughs> was he the owner of the pool store? No, he just worked there. Oh, okay. Because okay. we also called. How old was he? Probably like twenties. Ugh. Yeah, it was like a busted old brown like <gasps> doo doo truck. It was a doo doo truck. <laughs> it was a doo doo truck next to the penis puddle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no turd truck next to the penis puddle. Turd truck penis puddle. <laughs> I I swear we're intelligent people. Sometimes I I. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I am a STEM major. <laughs> <laughs> Women in STEM. <laughs> I don't go to college. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my little story. And since it was a little long, I'm just going to skip what I'm mad about. I can just be yeah. mad about that. Yeah, just be mad just about that. Just the memory. Just be mad about that. All right, what are you um, mad about? I'm always mad about something, I feel. No, you are. Because... There's not one moment in life where I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So, Destiny went first this episode because we realized that Ava has gone first for every single episode except for episode three. I'm just always mad. You're so mad all the I time. Get, I get I get heated. I get heated. And I like to just vent. I like to just talk. Today, what I'm mad about is the fact that my plans have been canceled by people three times in like the past month. That's so sad. After I've already had my makeup on. Like after <laughs> I've already gotten ready. Yeah. Last night, I put lashes on. <gasps> I was invested. <laughs> and then the plans got canceled. That's so sad. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm also mad about the fact that LSU has four fucking home games in a row. To clarify, I'm the only one out of the three of us that gives a single fuck about going to LSU football games. Very true. Not Ava. I don't like home games. I stay for multiple reasons. in the comfort of my home. I stayed in my dorm all day yesterday. I did not leave once. <laughs> no, like, I'm not even joking. I refused. And so I don't like home games for multiple reasons. I don't like four home games in a row. First of all, because there's so many people, and I don't like people. And so, yeah, I'm upset by it. 
<laughs> like, can they not get a more consistent schedule, please? I would be too, to be honest. Like, it's annoying. Oh my gosh. And then seeing everyone in purple and like, I've never worn LSU colors once whenever I was at, L- when I'm at LSU. <laughs> not once. I don't wear purple or gold. You did wear that really cute purple top with like the, like, yeah, but I don't, that's not like, that's LSU, not LSU. Yeah. That's just purple. LSU doesn't own the color purple. They basically do, to be honest. I was about to say, there was a lot of hostility towards purple and gold. Yeah. Coming, I don't wear purple and gold like the polo shirts I'm, for school. I'm going to be honest, purple and gold together is not cute. I've seen it in pastel colors and like boutique clothes. Well, no, and it's I'm talking cute. about the purple and gold that fucking oh, LSU uses. Yeah, no, it's so ugly. No, and I'm wearing an LSU t-shirt right now, and it's soft, and I love it. That's a better purple, though. It's kind of like a lighter purple, like not not lavender, but almost lavender. Don't get me started on the UREC shirt this year. <laughs> that is mustard yellow. I waited 30 minutes for that shirt in the line for a mustard yellow shirt. And last year, they were all cute and pride. They were in rainbow letters. You're so, you're so little mad. Miss, little Miss Hines mustard? Honey mustard? <laughs> No, like it's mustard with purple writing font that's like kind of faded and gross. When would I wear mustard yellow? When you dress up as mustard for Halloween. Heinz. <laughs> Heinz. I just realized how mad I actually am about stuff. No, like, you, you are just so always mad. mad. You're just I'm always so pissed mad off right at something. Now. Uh, okay, anyways, I feel like we should move into Mad Scientist. Which, Our Mad Scientist. Uh, so a little explanation about Mad Scientist. We look up unethical science experiments or just like weird histories of scientific things yeah. that we think are quirky and cool. Yeah, it started off with just going to be like unethical experiments, but now we're kind of like branching out into mm-hmm. like different things. Like Ava did the history of the vibrator <laughs> because, you know, it's medical use. Like, yeah. like I feel like it's, it's still, still science. Yeah. Coming from a STEM major, the vibrator is still science. The one that I'm going to do today was like an operation from the military. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I feel like we kind of just talk about anything having to do yes. with science. With a that's science-like wild. theme. Yeah. But that's crazy, yeah. right? I think I'm going to go first, and I'm going to read y'all my hook. All right. This one's what? a little bit longer than I normally do for mad scientists, and I think I already told Maddie this. Slight depression and excessive masturbation, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> so, a little background on slight depression and excessive masturbation. Okay. Let's begin by introducing our three characters in this segment. William, I don't know how to say his name. I really don't. And his name is William, but it's spelled W-I-H-E-L-M, Wilhelm. Wilhelm? We're going to call him William because his last name is F-L-I-E-S-S. Fliss. Fliss? F-R-E-A-K. One thing about me, I'm the baddest alive. Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. Um... This guy, Will, he's going to be our first character that I want to introduce. And he is, he was, he's dead now, a successful (laughs) ear, (laughs) nose, and throat surgeon. He practiced in Berlin in the late 19th and 20th century. And he had a wide range of expertise involving biorhythms, bisexuality, and he believed bisexuality to be like a universal experience. Like experience? Yeah, he did. (gasps) Slay. Not slay. No? No. Not slay. Oh. Whenever we get into my mad scientist, it's kind of going to be like the same thing. Like the idea today is very progressive, but like the person itself who said the idea is really just not slay. Okay. We don't like William. Okay. We don't like William, but like, honestly, everyone's a little queer. I think we're all gay. 
Um, and you know who you know who said that? Harry Styles said that one time at a concert. That's not what this is about. So <laughs> William's bestie happened to be none other than Sigmund Freud. Oh, the drama, guys! I don't know if you know this, but um, last weekend I had to explain to Maddie who Sigmund Freud was and what he did. <laughs> no, literally, because he's been coming up in like every single episode so far. Or like, yeah, at least every other episode, Sigmund Freud's name pops up. Yeah, because him and psychoanalysis and all that kind of stuff. He's like the father of psychology. Yeah, and, and then I yeah. think I realized that we talked about him in one of my history classes, but I. Mm-hmm did not have history class we literally just talked about what was happening in real life under a conservative blanket anyways anyways so i'm not going to go too into depth about freud since he's such an iconic figure in modern day psychology but i mean we all know like the very base level stuff about freud about how he kind of wanted to fuck his mom that kind of stuff yeah and just obviously he was the one who first came up with psychoanalysis and kind of getting into childhood trauma and how that affects you in your later years that also has kind of an effect on this experiment Freud's kind of just views on psychoanalysis and such are kind of just where it began for him and his like success this was prior to that at this point in time when this case I want to talk about really happened was when he was struggling in his private practice and he was specializing in the poorly understood subject matter of hysteria and chronic fatigue and so I want to lastly introduce the victim in this case and her name is Emma Eckstein E-C-K-S-T-E-I-N Eckstein with car Emma Eckstein yeah Yeah. Um, she was a 27 year old patient of Freud and she was soon to be the test subject among his patients was Emma, along with other young women, who appeared to have suffered from irregular or heavy painful periods accompanied with difficulty in walking and quote-unquote sexual problems. They don't go into depth about what that means in all the research I did. Hysteria. Hysteria. The vibrator. Yeah, so <laughs> this is like a direct correlation between yeah. Ava's. Yeah, and so a lot of it does kind of go back into like the hysteria. Oh, so this is like a sequel. Yeah, it kind of is because I really loved how Ava did hers and I kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit similar. Ava said, yeah. Not the ego. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But okay, they described her as having all of these things such as difficulty walking, sexual problems, whatever that means. And so this was a patient of Freud's. Freud introduced her to William who came to Vienna in the early 1895 to treat her. So they were besties. He called in this other neurologist scientist I forget his specific label surgeon to come and treat this patient because he wasn't having much success in it so let's talk about William's signature practices William used his signature treatment of (laughs) of applying cocaine to the nose in order to treat both Freud and Emma this was a staple in his treatment process So, like I said before, he was a, like, a nose and surgeon, uh, nose, it was a nose, throat, and mouth or something like that, surgeon. Yeah. Ear, nose, and throat. Ear, nose, and throat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, he believed that nasal reflex neurosis caused menstrual disorders, infertility, and miscarriages. Thus, the therapeutic application of cocaine was a remedy. Wild. Uh, Listen, this was the late 1800s. So it was before this big wave of recreational drug use and such. And so it's so crazy for us to think about. But you have to think, this time, cocaine wasn't like a street drug. Cocaine was 
being used in a laboratory, and they had no clue the effects it had on people. Yeah. But this wasn't all they had in store for Emma. William also prescribed it to Freud as a therapeutic treatment. Interesting. It didn't actually have anything to do with like a medical disorder so far as we know and from our knowledge. It was more so probably just a psychological thing and stress and tension and so he prescribed to his friend which I thought was kind of funny. But Oh, uh, you stressed? He's some coke. Honestly? No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no. Kidding. I'm kidding. Stop. I'm literally kidding. Continue. <laughs> Keep going. So that wasn't all they had in store for Emma. He decided to cure her slight depression and excessive masturbation habits. The best treatment was to remove one of her turbinate bones by way of surgery. They thought that would help her stop masturbating. Hysteria, Ava. Ava <laughs> 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 just points to her nose and goes... <laughs> no, by, by getting rid of a bone in the nose? He also told her to just do cocaine. So, like, just keep that in uh, mind. I, I, um, I'm just so confused. Actually... No, okay, wait. Think about this, right? We've we've talked about lobotomies on the show, right? They they went through the eye and through the nose for lobotomies. Mm-hmm. They thought that destroying certain nerves in the nose would cure mental mm-hmm. disorders. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's the same. This was around the same time period as that and yeah, lobotomies yeah, yeah. and the popularization of things of that extent because of hysteria. So instead of women. just destroying a nerve, he was like, I'm going to take out the whole bone. Yeah, and I'm not sure about the, like, medical reasoning behind it. And it didn't really say in any of the research I read. And the stuff that I was able to find on the medical side of it was so heavy in medical terminology. I didn't really think it was worth really getting into. Just because if I can't understand it enough to talk about it, it doesn't really, it's not very effective. But they did take out, remove, or uh, I think they shaved down one of the bones in her noses. Uh. And it's noted in the beginning of the article that she was a really attractive, like, woman in her 20s. And it it's really devastating what they did to not only just her in general and her, I mean, her psyche and such, but also just her physical appearance. Yeah, That's yeah. so mentally tolling and physically tolling on a person. After the operation was performed, Emma suffered awful post-operative side effects and um, I'd rather just kind of read this personal testimony from William about a specific event where she almost lost her life after the surgery. Uh. I kind of wanted to read that excerpt from William. Um, Another surgeon was brought in called uh, Rosanes. Rosanes, I think that's her name. All of these crazy names. (laughs) They all have very, yeah, interesting names and prior to that, before Rosanes got there, the side effects were so bad that they had to insert a drain into Emma. And that is all that I could find. I don't know where they put it. I'm assuming they... I don't know. Uh, probably, After like, the nose surgery? So, probably, like, in up the nose to drain it. Yeah, I wonder if it was something, like, it clogged her sinuses, maybe? Or, like, something no. like that? I'm going to read the excerpt okay. real quick. Okay. So, Rosane's... This is from William. Rosane's cleaned the area surrounding the opening, removed some sticky blood clots, and suddenly pulled at something like a thread and kept pulling. Before either of us had time to think, at least half a meter of gauze had been removed from the cavity. Oh, my God. The next moment came a flood of blood. The patient turned white, her eyes bulged, and she had no pulse. Immediately thereafter, however, he again packed the cavity with fresh 
endoform. I'm assuming that's like a gauze. Um, and the hemorrhaging stopped. It lasted for about half a minute, but this was enough to make the poor creature, whom by then was... <laughs> Who by then we had lying flat, unrecognizable. Mm. I felt sick. After she had been no shit. After she'd been packed, I fled to the next room, drank a bottle of water, and felt miserable. My wife then brought me a small glass of brandy, and I became myself again. Oh, you fucking whore! You fucking (laughs) yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that just traumatized me. So they basically (laughs) killed her for like a second. They said her pulse stopped for a bit, but then like we just packed more in there and then she was fine. She was fine. Oh my god, literally confessed to murder right there. But it doesn't end there. So about a month later, no. After about a month later, after a partial removal of some of the packaging from the surgery, (laughs) she had another massive hemorrhage, and he quoted that within half a minute she would have bled to death. She didn't, and it wasn't fatal. Um, and with the help of morphine and time, she eventually and gradually recovered. Following the procedure and all that followed, Freud continued to treat Emma psychologically. But as far as the surgery went, it wasn't effective and there were no signs of improvement. I'm um, literally lightheaded right now. What the fuck? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, That's uh, wild. Holy but shit. She continued to have abnormal menstrual bleeding, um, which... Freud, he confidently, it said confidently in the article, so I want to put that in quotation marks, asserted that her menstrual bleeding was a product of unrequited sexual longing. Can we talk about that for a second? Like that, not only is that so incredibly just like, ugh, 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 man moment. Man moment. Incredibly mad, bad, and yuck, if you will. Incredibly mad, bad, and yuck. Mostly yuck. Mostly yuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, he wanted to fuck his mom. So talk about unrequited (laughs) sexual longing. (laughs) No, that's that's probably why he said that. What if? No. What if his like own theory was like she wanted to fuck her dad, but she couldn't. So that's why she had strong periods. No, listen, because, oh, yeah, no, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. Okay. It was revealed later and after Freud had passed away, a lot of things that went on within his career and um, details about his patients and their backgrounds. Yeah. And this is after he had already developed psychoanalysis and he had gotten so much, I mean, fame and credibility and respect with some debate and some controversy, but he had already made himself into something at that point and this yeah. is after and i think it had something to do, to do with um his posterity and his children diving into the patient's details and things about their life one of the things that they found is a commonality between a lot of his patients was that they were all victims of, or not all but a significant portion were victims of incest and they don't say specifically and emma's included in that as well yeah um so she was a victim of incest they didn't say how they didn't give details and i kind of wouldn't want to get into that anyways yeah i thought that was kind of interesting given that he was treating her and he could have been treating her for just trauma with being a victim of incest yeah and then she ended up having all of these other bodily disabilities i guess you could say just with that she was having so many issues with uh, her menstrual cycle and such but they didn't they didn't really apply to the outstanding issue or i mean problem within herself of being a victim of incest right yeah and 
it's insane what happened to her after and what she did with her life i also like i want to add on that it's crazy for freud to say that she did that for unrequited like sexual longing whenever he probably knew that she was a victim of incest like that's mad bad and yuck yeah that is so mad bad and yuck and that's why when you said like unrequited i kind of was like wait no there actually is like an aspect of incest in this case and it's crazy um so a little bit about emma just kind of closing about what she ended up doing and kind of just her long-term effects right so she actually worked as a psychoanalyst herself for a few years which is really interesting and they don't really discuss that very much but she did some kind of uh psychology work for a few years and then she withdrew from the public world and i guess from the working world as well and because yeah, you would think herself. she i mean the trauma that came with what happened right yeah you would think she wouldn't even want to be any part of that well she was a psychoanalyst herself for a few years but she had this major i guess um reclusion point in her life and for the last uh 20 years so i guess she was in her 30s so this happened when she was 23 in her 30s for a few years she worked as a psychoanalyst after she had the surgery and all of these things happened to her she almost died and then she passed away at 59 which i'll tell you how that happened in a second but um so for 20 years prior i mean leading up to her death she was a recluse just a little bit that i have written down in my notes um her face was permanently disfigured with the nasal bone being chipped away and oh, caved so, in on one side. So she was the psychoanalyst before? No, after. After? After. So after she had the procedure and after all of that. Okay, okay. She worked as um, as a psychoanalyst for a few years, but I'm not sure about the psychology behind why she chose to be a recluse yeah, after. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not really sure why to each their own, and I, there's no way of finding out that information, Maybe, and I mean, uh, I guess in My Mad Scientist that I talked about last week, mm-hmm. the guy that was in the prison experiment ultimately became a prisoner psychologist. Yeah. So, I mean, it's probably just something like that. Maybe a fascination, just being so involved in it. Yeah. After having been through all of that and drawing herself out of the workforce— she spent her final days and final years on the couch. She never left her room, and she eventually, after a little while, was unable to walk. So she was very limited in her abilities um, because of what happened to her for a very long time before she was of age to where it makes sense to be unable to walk and unable yeah, to leave. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't elderly. She was in her fi- she was 59 when she died. Um, she died of a stroke in 1924. Um, she was 50, 59, like I said, a very early death. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have on her. But it's it's like upsetting, but it's also very interesting with the whole aspect of hysteria and treating slight depression and excessive masturbation and like the extents to which they try to alleviate this just issue within women yeah that didn't exist and she probably did have some kind of like could have been suffering from um pcos um that's always a possibility but the extent they went to was drastic and shocking and yeah, i just absolutely. really wanted to talk about that that's all i have i'm gonna let maddie go ahead and get into his but i just thought it was really interesting i wasn't really having trouble finding mine because i already had this one written down and I completely forgot about it and I started researching something else and I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to do this. (laughs) But I found out that there's not a lot about it online. So I don't have a lot of information here 
it's really it, just it'll cause like lots of talking between us kind of yeah. and it's really just it's a very interesting Inter- topic yeah. yeah okay so my little hook mm-hmm. is choose your weapon rain i choose you <laughs> i don't get it yet <laughs> i'm thinking my brain automatically goes to acid rain close very I'm, close. I'm kind of really good very, at guessing. Very, very close. You are really very good at guessing. All right. So my my mad scientist is going to be about Operation Popeye. Popeye? Popeyes. The chicken? No. <laughs> but so Operation Popeye went under a couple different names. Uh, it went under Operation Popeye, obviously. Operation Sober Popeye. Project Controlled Weather Popeye. Motor Pool. And uh, Intermediary Compatriot. You did so good at pronouncing them, though. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, this was a highly classified five-year cloud seeding operation during the Vietnam War mm-hmm. and was an operation with its main objective being to ensure the Americas win in the war. You talk a lot about, like, military, like, yeah. war stuff. Yeah. I honestly love, like... Um, I find it really interesting because the America, the thing about it is like, as we talked in the first episode ever, if you haven't gone and listened to it, you should. (laughs) Destiny brings up the fact that like after a certain amount, after like a certain point, they have to release the information behind their like secret. Yeah. So this was like super, super top secret. Nobody knew about it until later. I, again, I'm not sure when these documents came out, but, um, this ran from 1967 to 1972 Basically, the American Air Force would engage in the only known hostile geoengineering militarization of meteorology. Of rain? Of rain. So they were full-on going, like, Avatar the Last Airbender, like, with water. Yes. Like, they were, like, trying to control it. They were trying to be waterbenders. Correct. uh, Make it a weapon of destruction. Yes. Imagine if water, the rain, was out to kill you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, this is just kind of what it is. So, the U.S. flew more than 2,600 cloud seedlings. I tried to find what they were. I'm not sure exactly what they were. But they flew at stories over North and South Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. And the goal was to lengthen the monsoon season that was prevalent in these countries. But it was to inhibit North Vietnamese movements by suppressing enemy craft missile fire. So... Basically, what it was is they wanted to create rain and lengthen this monsoon time. So that way, the Vietnamese people couldn't see because it was raining. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole purpose was to provide rainfall that could cover and infiltrate South Vietnamese commando and intelligence teams into north of Vietnam. Wait. So, did they want to put the rain on, like, the Vietnam soldiers? Was that what they wanted yes. to do? So, yes. my question is, once they distract them with that rain, right, mm-hmm. they go in to try and get them, wouldn't they then be distracted by the rain, too? Inhibited by the rain? You'll see what they do. Okay. Okay. So, I'm like, it, it was, <laughs> that'd be kind of silly. <laughs> it was also serving as a spoiler, quote, spoiler. I don't, they put quotes around it so a quote spoiler for north of vietnamese attacks and raids in south vietnam altering the rain patterns over north of vietnam and laos to aid the u.s bombing missions so that's basically what it was is they wanted to use this rain that they've created so that way the vietnamese couldn't see what was going on 
shoot missiles at them, and they were free to go. I'm sorry. I zoned out for a second. I swear I'm listening. It's okay. I couldn't see because of the rain. (laughs) And then my last little tidbit about what it was about was it was trying to keep the Vietnamese men and material from military bases. So they wanted to soften roads. So basically make the most ruddy. (laughs) Make the modes ready. Make the modes ready. (laughs) They wanted to make the roads muddy. Yeah. And they also caused landslides along roadways, <gasps> and like Fleetwood Mac, washing and if out. You see oh my, my god! Reflection, snow-covered hills. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I've been afraid of changing. My life around you. We're gonna get copyrighted. I honestly think Stevie Nicks would love us. Stevie Nicks would love us. So I don't think she'd do that to us. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go into debt because we get sued. By Stevie Nicks. (laughs) Just like the one we know. Sings a song just like she's the end. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Ooh. Anyways. We're talking about weather. Yeah, let me continue. Anyways. Sorry. Let me continue. They also wanted to wash out river canals. So basically cause flooding. And maintaining saturated soil conditions beyond the normal time span. They were very successful in muddying the roads and flooding lines of communication. And government officials expressed that the project hadn't caused any results at all. That was kind of a really big conspiracy that happened with this specific project once people started realizing it, which was the government lied about it. Mm -hmm. They do that a lot. Yeah. Yes, the government does. Yeah. So another account from an anonymous source from 1972 said that a method had been, quote, developed for treating colds with a chemical that eventually produced an acidic rainfall capable of fouling the operation of North Vietnamese radio equipment used for directing surfaces to air missiles. So it's a lot of technical terms, but they basically admitted that they can now create acid rain, as you said before, which is kind of terrifying. No, if you it think is. about it, like they can make rain. You already have a, you rain. already have a problem with rain. I do. It all doesn't I've, make sense. All I can think about and all that is running through my mind right now is you know, listen to Prince. Purple rain, purple rain. Anyways, that's all I have to add. This is this is the uh, acid rain, acid rain. This is the musical episode. <laughs> this is the musical. Oh my god! And the title, bad musicals. <laughs> bad musicals. <laughs> so a bunch of controversy was made because a lot of people were kind of expressing like, is this technically bombing? Like, could it be considered bombing, right? Because it is dropping something on top of a different country. So if you really think about it, it technically is, I guess, a definition of bombing. Yeah. Which is kind of where one of the main controversies Mm -hmm. behind this started. So my thing is, would they, like, fill up, like, a big, like, blimp thing and then, like, sprinkle it over them? Or would they create their own cloud and put it over them? No. So they used a bomber, mm-hmm. like a plane, mm-hmm. and, and they would just drop and it. And they would drop the seedlings okay. on, like, on top of a forming cloud, and it would make the cloud grow. grow. Yeah. 
and then it would obviously eventually rain. Imagine if they made their own cloud, though, and then just transferred it to Vietnam. <laughs> Regardless, it's just, wild that we have control it, over any of this. Wait, no, this is that's giving like cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <gasps> it literally is like you can't even tell me it's not like whenever the machine gets stuck in the clouds, and so then it just starts like dropping it in the like through the yeah, clouds. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what it was. That makes so much more sense in my brain now. <laughs> and also, I thought that this was really interesting. It mentioned in an article that I read that this project that no one knew about cost taxpayers an estimate $15 million. As a person that seldomly pays taxes. <laughs> I would hope so. Oh. <laughs> You're going to go to jail for tax evasion now, Destiny. I didn't file the last two years, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, You were a dependent. It's okay. As a person that seldomly pays taxes, I would be a little upset if that's where my money went. Yeah. Destiny's about to get another misdemeanor. (laughs) No, not a misdemeanor. A a felony. felony. (laughs) You know that's... You know that verse from Monster by Kanye West? Oh, my God. And I'm all up in the bank with a funny face. And if I'm fake, I ain't noticed because my money ain't. (laughs) That's all I have to say. (laughs) Again, musical episode. Musical episode. And in multiple hearings of Congress, military commanders, and even the fucking president... All denied the existence. Oh, you were about to say the fucking pope? I was (laughs) like, what does the pope have to do with this? (laughs) No. So even the president was like, that never happened. You're you're all fucking crazy. Because this was, you know, getting released in newspapers and people were starting to write like articles about this. I mean, I only found like two articles on this, like from the newspaper during this time. I don't know. People were enraged. They well, were so upset. Yeah, but this probably happens now, and we just don't know. I no, fully, absolutely. I fully believe we live in a simulation, and we have zero clue the amount of control and restriction that we no, live yeah, in daily. No, yeah, this is so off topic. But even if we are living in a simulation, I don't think it's the type of simulation that, like, we're all living in a video game, right? Yeah, I yeah. think we're, we are living in a simulation because, don't kill me, government, but you're controlling us. Yeah, every aspect of our life is controlled by government. Exactly. We need to get off of this topic. This is think, not... I don't think the government's going to listen to us. <laughs> listen to this podcast. They listen to everything we... No. The government listens to us when we're like... We need to stop. We need to stop. We're going to be shut down. They see you when you're sleeping. They know when you're awake. <laughs> they know if you've been bad or good. So be good, good for goodness sake. Hey. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not stop. I'm telling you why. Hey, Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming. This is the most unhinged episode we've ever had. Oh my god. As of right now, we are almost an hour in, and we're we haven't even gone anywhere. Anyways, Santa did. Santa. <laughs> Santa's gone all over the town, guys. <laughs> jingle balls, jingle balls. No, jingle bells. Justin just said jingle balls. Oh, I thought. <laughs> I want fun and it's to ride and I want to so bit sleigh. Hey! It is to ride. Oh! 
thing it is to look a lot like Christmas. There's white shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Let it snow. What's this? What's this? There's something in the air. What's this? There's a jizz all in my hair. Uh, while many would doubt the effectiveness of the program, some historians actually believe and have argued that there was an additional 35 inches of rain over the course of the war. And Vietnam kind of flooded during this time. And right before mm-hmm. this experiment happened, or this operation happened, there was a really intense flood. I think it was in Laos. I don't, I, it, it might have been in Vietnam, but I'm pretty sure it was in Laos. And a lot of people were like is this because of this experiment like were they oh wow like experimenting on it and then that happened so yeah there's like a bunch of controversy with it and i just kind of wanted to mention like where's how is this used today you know uh things of that nature and weather modification procedures and any use of military now fall under the providence of the environmental modification convention so they had to make laws about you can't control the weather during war which i feel like during war fucking crazy i feel like you shouldn't control the weather at all well okay so according to ripley's believe it or not yeah (laughs) (laughs) quote today cloud seeding is mostly used for managed precipitation of water usage the united arab emirates closely monitors its rainfall and groundwater levels deploying cloud seed operations that can be enhanced rainfall by a reported 35%. During the 2008 Olympic Games in China, government officials deployed cloud seed to introduce snowfall after a short drought causing the earliest snowfall in the region in over two decades. Okay, but like I, I think it's different deploying regular rain compared to deploying acid rain. Well, yeah. You know? That sounds a little bit yeah. different. And, like, while what they did in Vietnam wasn't acid rain. What? That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> what am I okay, talking? we need to take a quick break. We need to take a break. We need to calm down. We are... Yeah. Um, break time. Break time. And we're back. So, I think it's my turn. Mine is called... I. Couldn't really get creative with this one. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of deep. Okay. But it's called From Bruce to David. That's deep. <laughs> <laughs> so Destiny just created this picture. It's a it's a it's a it's a watering pot with can. a cat- watering can. Watering yeah. can. Sorry. It's a watering can with a cactus coming out of it with a little cowboy hat on top. And what's around this picture you're asking? Condoms. Condoms. And there's some water droplets coming out of the, <laughs> the watering can. And it says, <laughs> Scrubin. <laughs> For when it's wetter than an umbrella and stickier than apple pie, a tool to help your plants dry. Should we put it on the Instagram? I think we should. I think we should. Okay, anyways, from Bruce to David. <laughs> so, we're going to start off with who Bruce is. Bruce Peter Raymer, I think, was born on August 22nd, 1965 in Winnipeg, Ontario. All right. <laughs> Am I giving Southern right now? <laughs> giving Southern, Ontario. Ontario. But no, like, that's just, like, that's just the way I say it. Ontario. 
okay, cool, go. <laughs> he says, shut up, bitch. <laughs> Matt, he's being incredibly rude to me tonight for some reason. He and his twin brother, Brian, were diagnosed with, I think it's phimosis when they were six months old. So I bet you're wondering, what is phimosis? What is phimosis, Ava? Phimosis is a condition where the foreskin of the penis cannot retract, which inhibits urination. Wait, so... How do you it's, piss? It's con- It's it's like a... It doesn't retract, so it covers up the pee hole. I wonder if they could stretch it out like a balloon. <laughs> what? That's how that works? Well, okay, so if you... Have you never seen... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> On April 27th. 1966, Bruce Reimer underwent circumcision, which is normally done with a scalpel by a physician. Yeah. However, Reimer's physician decided to use an, the unconventional method of cauterization. <gasps> so, like, she burned yeah, it off. Yeah. Or they, he, he, she, they. So, this circumcision failed. And so it is important to note that Raymer's twin brother did not undergo circumcision, and his phimosis healed naturally. Interesting. Yeah. So it just opened up? Yeah, it just slid right back. Sprouted like a plant. (laughs) Slid right back. (laughs) So the full extent of Raymer's damage to his penis is unknown, but many people state that it was totally severed and damaged beyond the possibility of function. Oh my god, that's so sad. She burned his dick off? Yeah. Yes, like like literally. Whenever she was burning like the foreskin off, she like burned it, severed it, cut it in half. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it never like said exactly, but if, if it says it's totally severed, I'm assuming that it was like cut in half. Yeah, yeah. Literally how? Like I don't how do you have a license to do that? If you're going to Why did she burn you, a dick off? No, why did she choose cutting she they? Why did they use cauterization? That is my question. I don't know. It was not the conventional method at the time. It wasn't the most, like, known method. And it's still, like, they still don't do that today, I'm pretty sure. No, absolutely not. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a dude. I've never had to be circumcised. So. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't remember. Yeah, because when you're a baby, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So, I would hope you didn't remember. (laughs) Be like Olive from Ant Farm. Who remembers everything? Yeah. Yeah. So, because of this botched surgery, Reimer's parents seeked help from psychologist and sexologist James Money. Wait, that's kind of funny. We used James to, Money. J Mun. No. We used to call my teacher in high school Miss J Money. We used to call. There was this guy that would come to us at band mm-hmm. to do, like, our big fundraiser thing, and we would call him J Money. <laughs> Money very strongly favored the idea that gender was a social construct and that it was malleable from a certain age. <gasps> Wait. I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. I know what this is. Yes. So money advocated to Reimer's parents that raising him as a female would be in his best interest. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a TikTok about it a while ago. Yeah. I think. Then, I've, yeah. I think I saw that exactly. So I was looking up like what I should do, and then I saw it, and I was like, I'll talk about it because yeah. there's a specific thing in here that the TikTok I don't even think really like touched on. Yeah. Because I don't remember it, so you will be like, oh, okay. it was an oh my god moment. Okay. Oh my god moment. That he advocated that raising him as a female would be best, and he even recommended gender reassignment surgery. So due to Money's recommendation, the Rhymers decided to raise Bruce as a girl. He underwent gender reassignment surgery, and parents even put Brenda, which was Rhymer's new name, Mm -hmm. on estrogen. Wow. 
to make her grow titties, is what it said. So, Reimer was never informed of his male biology. They never told him that he was born a boy. Mm -hmm. And I really think that was because of money. Because I think money really wanted to see if someone who was raised as a girl whenever they were biologically a male. Mm -hmm. Like, just what would happen. Just what would happen if they would go back and have feminine traits or like have like masculine traits or like feminine norms and masculine norms you yeah. know throughout his childhood Reimer would make annual checkups with money so money also did checkups with his twin Brian as I mentioned before he had a twin mm-hmm. named Brian to research the sexual development and gender of children however this is the oh my god moment okay during these checkups Reimer recalls that money would make him and his twin brother inspect each other's genitalia and engage in behavior that resembled sexual intercourse oh my god yeah what yeah and i remember i read one of the things where they would make the twin brian pretend to have missionary sex with raymer and money justified this by like teaching children like sexual nature like just teaching them what to do so it kind Mm -hmm. of no no it wasn't no no that's what he justified it's also kind of giving freud just a little bit just a little bit but freud was more like the parents and this was kind of the opposite twincest yeah if you will they were forced to and i'll get into that okay reimer recalls that money once photographed these exercises so just full-on pedophile pedophile and incest excite (laughs) or i don't mean to laugh incest excite exciter (laughs) i was calling money that because money's an awful person yeah 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 so money would verbally abuse the two if they resisted any of his orders so that's why they were like forced to because if they didn't money would they would have like really bad repercussions yes yeah and he would also have up to six colleagues watching the boys exercises yeah i told you it's messed up and i don't remember the tiktok mentioning this i'm speechless what the fuck? So, Money wrote in his notes that Raymer's surgery and transition was a success. Contrary to his notes, Raymer grew up with extreme gender dysphoria. Yeah. So, he had always felt like a boy in a girl's body, despite his draw towards the feminine norms. Mm-hmm. Raymer also hated his visits. I'm using he, him pronouns because you'll see later. Yeah, yeah. So, Raymer also hated his visit to money so much that he threatened to commit suicide when he was 11 if his parents took him back. Oh, my God. So, when Raymer was 15, his father finally told him the truth about his gender. So, following this, Raymer assumed a male identity and changed his name to David, which is why the title is From Bruce to David. Oh, okay. Bruce was his first name, and then David was yeah. the name that he chose for himself. Destiny. Not a great joke. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. So yeah, he changed his name to David, and then he even underwent male reassignment surgery and got put on testosterone. Yeah. So, failed circumcision, female reassignment, estrogen, male reassignment, testosterone. That's that's yeah. a lot. It is a lot. Oh my God! When was this again? Uh, the sixties. Okay. Yeah. So, in his adult life, Raymer reported that he suffered psychological trauma from Money's experiment. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, duh. So, Raymer created a controversy around Money's research and thesis because Money was saying, like, it worked perfectly. Like, it was such a success. And so, Raymer was like, no, it didn't. You actually gave me a suspicious amount of trauma. 
Yeah, and so. um, a real mental disorder. Literally. Gender dysphoria is, is a very yeah. real mental yeah. disorder. Money responded to Raymer's attack by calling him. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Anti-feminist and <gasps> anti-trans. Oh, my God. If Okay, because if anything... You made him trans, yeah. right? Yeah. He was the one that suggested to the parents for Bruce to undergo the first sex reassignment surgery. Yeah. Which he didn't choose. Exactly. And it was entirely too young to choose, which is controversial, I know. However, it's a child. He was months old. Like, I'm yeah, months, yeah, yeah. months, months old. old. You don't you don't know what you're doing at months old. Ex- you don't know that you're alive at, at months, months old. old. <laughs> like... You don't know what mama is. And then he never, Raymer never knew that he was biologically a male. So that's, it's like completely different in this situation. Because he like literally never knew. Yeah, yeah. Because of money, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This really, I mean, we can get very political with this. Yeah. But it really just, just scientifically kind of proves that trans people aren't lying. Yeah. Like, you can't. You can't force just yourself choose, into yeah, something else. You can't choose your gender. Yeah. That it's not like and you also can't be forced. Clearly. Exactly. Clearly. To be a specific gender. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just kinda like you can't force yourself into the embodiment of a different gender and have just peace. Because I mean yeah, clearly like, he never knew. Like, I mean, obviously we could have a huge debacle or conversation about like gender norms and mm-hmm. clothing and things like that that's not what i'm talking about i'm i'm talking about like the social ideas of gender right mm-hmm. like male and female right you clearly can't choose that because you know he was turned into a girl whenever he was a boy and then he eventually became trans, right? Yeah. He would have never been, quote, trans without that happening to him. Exactly. Yeah. And also, I mean, everything is on a spectrum. And when you think of it that way, it kind of changes the way you view it. And I I think that what really went wrong with the lead scientist is that he was so progressive that he lost all sight of reality. Yeah. And probably didn't view things as a spectrum as well. He was also a pedophile. But yeah. 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 <laughs> Raymer's life was never easy as he had been having a mental crisis since he met money. And so on May 4th of 2004, at the age of 38, David Raymer committed suicide after his wife asked for a divorce. Oh, no. Yeah. But there were also, there's so much leading up. His brother, his twin brother, had passed away like a couple years before from oh. other mental illnesses. Wow. So it was just, it was a lot. So I read that that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Was his wife divorcing him. And that's all. That's David Raymer. We could also have a conversation about sexuality, but maybe let's not get into that. We won't get into that right (laughs) now. We won't get into that. Not in the musicale. Not in this musicale. (laughs) This isn't High School Musical. Or is it? We're not doing Twinkle Town. Did y'all know that's the musical that that they're doing in the first movie? Yeah. What is Twinkle Town? Is it just a mate? Kelsey made the music. Wait. (laughs) My question is, is Bob to the Top breaking free and what I've been looking for? Are they in the same Twinkle Town musical? I guess. Why was Bob to the Top in there? It's hard to believe 
But I couldn't see That you were always there beside me Thought I was alone With no one to hold But you were always there beside me This feeling's like no other I want you to know I've never had someone Who knows me like you do The way you do And that is the outro. All right. Now <laughs> on to. No, that literally brings me back to Destiny and I doing the lip sync battle and then not winning when we should have. So true. Whores. We should have. Now we're going to go on to People Gone Mad. People Gone Mad. And in case this is your first episode, I hope not. But <laughs> in case this is your first episode, this is our. True crime. This is our true crime segment where. We talk about really anything involving any crime, honestly, at this point. It kind of started off with more serial killers, murderers, you know, really intense crimes. But sometimes we also like to get a little silly with our crimes. And you'll see with my little crime today. Okay, so I think I'm going to go first for People Go Mad. And my little hook, goodbye, you strangler. Oh. And you will understand why. When I get into it. <laughs> okay. So I broke this one down. Okay. This is probably my longest people gone mad I've done. Just saying. So we're going to start with the beginning. And I'm kind of going to like breeze through it and then we can like talk. Okay. So the beginning. So the late 1990s marked a spike in New Orleans violent crimes. So violent crimes, rape, murder, robbery. I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Wait, wait, rape, murder, yeah. 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 Sorry, I have, I have, like, I'm trying to remember the knowledge in my head because I have a test for intro to crime study on Friday. I have an exam. <laughs> so I'm, like, trying to remember. Violent crimes are da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But I know rape and murder, definitely violent crimes. I think sexual assault is also a violent crime. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Yeah. I will look over that. Not right now. Yeah. So the... In October of 1998, police were called to investigate the death of an African-American man whose body was found underneath an overpass. It was a murder. His cause of death was ruled as asphyxia due to strangulation. So the detective Dennis Thornton of Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office recalls that there were clearly visible marks on the side of the neck. Okay. The first victim was a father of five who was unemployed at the time. Damn. In order to make money for his children, he would hang out on the side of the road to sexually engage with other men. Male prostitute. Gigolo? Gigolo. Yeah. Over the next nine years, more men would show up with the same deadly marks. Going to get into a little bit about the other victims. A couple more. Ten months passed with no sign of another murder after that first one in October. Mm -hmm. However, that would change August of 1999. Another victim was found in the same drop location as the first victim, with the same ligature marks around his neck. His cause of death was also strangulation and neck compression. 
There were no defensive wounds, but there were signs of sexual assault. Oh. And then this victim's lifestyle was similar to his to the first victim. So, okay. gigolo. Things like that. A witness came forward with a description of a man, and that was released to the gay establishments around, like, New Orleans area, you know? Yeah. Around that area. So that another body was then found in Kenner, Louisiana. He had also been strangled and sexually assaulted, but there were still no defensive wounds. Over the next couple of years, more bodies continuously popped up, each matching the M.O. All the crime scenes and causes of death were the same. The murderer was now recognized as a serial killer, and here's where the title comes in. They named him the Bayou Strangler. So goodbye, you strangler. Oh, wow. I had to. Some nice wordplay right there. Isn't it? I was proud That's of myself for that great wordplay. Was proud of myself It's giving songwriter. Oh. <laughs> so in 2000, the murders came to a complete halt, leading investigators to believe that the suspect had died or been incarcerated. However, this was short-lived. As of October 2002, lots of October, maybe like Halloween. Yeah. Maybe the Strangler's favorite time was Halloween. Oh, wait. A little mention about Halloween. We decorated the apartment today. It's really cute. It's so cute. We can put some pictures up on the Instagram if you want to check that out. We'll put them up on the Instagram as we put everything else up on the Instagram. You might see it in a month. Or four. Or four. <laughs> It'll be Christmas time and you'll see yeah. the Halloween. Yeah. However, this was short-lived. As of October 2002, there was a series of murders that mirrored the Strangler. By February of 2005, there were six more victims. But here's where like a little difference comes in. So at first, whenever he was like first killing victims they were only african-american so i was thinking maybe like race had to come into a play yeah but that now like it started getting like african-american and caucasian okay so race really wasn't like a big thing but they were all men so that could have started off as a race thing but with a lot of serial killers they start to get less and less organized Mm -hmm. if that makes sense and then that's ultimately how they end up being caught seven months later the homicide count was up to 21 oh my god this man had 21 bodies and they had no no suspect like no anything at this point i will kind of get to it there was something from earlier that i mentioned like a bit later like i didn't i wanted to mention it later because it helped him get caught okay okay is what i wanted to say but no, imagine someone like being like, how many bodies do you have? <laughs> like 21. But it's not the bodies that they're thinking. <laughs> it's something different. So how did he get caught, you may ask? At the first victim's crime scene, investigators were able to find a hair on the victim's body. This would later be used to identify the body strangler. That's what I was going to say. That's the only lead that they had wow. was this little piece of hair. But the biggest break in the case arrived with Ricky Wallace who was a parolee in Terrebonne Parish. He testified to authorities about his experience with the Strangler. He accepted a ride from a white man who had a picture of a very attractive lady on his dashboard. The driver then asked Wallace if he would like to have sex with the lady and even asked if he wanted to be tied up by her. Oh, interesting. Wallace agreed to that offer. (laughs) He said, yeah, yeah, I will. And they headed off towards the Bayou Strangler's place with the sexy woman, apparently. That would be waiting there for him to oh. tie him up. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, is that not a sketchy situation? No, yeah. Imagine just getting into, like, an Uber. And they're like, do you but, see this woman? Do you want to be tied up by her? Do you want to have sexual relations with her? Be tied up by her? <laughs> and, yes, And please. they just go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Wallace was a parolee, so maybe, like, he knew, like, the suspicious behavior had, like, something gone wrong. 
probably not. He probably just said yes. Yeah, he probably just wanted some But my other thing puss, is, but it, it didn't really mention if this was how other, how the other victims were, like, lured in. It could have been. Yeah. But, yeah. like, it wasn't really mentioned. But, like, imagine this man had 21 bodies. 21 people falling for that. Yeah. But a lot of them were gigolos. So, yeah, that would make sense. However, when they reached their location, there was no woman to be spotted. Boopy. The driver then asked if Wallace would allow him to tie him up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then he said, I'm not really asking. <laughs> no, actually, no. Wallace declined and asked to be taken back. The driver allowed him to, and Wallace got out as soon as he could. Respectful? <laughs> but my thing is, like, did does that mean that the other victims said yes? Probably. I mean, if they were male prostitutes, mm-hmm. specifically for gay men, mm-hmm. it would make sense. Because, like, no, because, like, I wonder if that was his, like, shtick, right? But which also was, my thing is, which, why did he pick up Wallace? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's so strange to me. Then was Wallace? Like, maybe Wallace was a parolee and he was, like... In the field. Yeah. 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 He was probably, like, down the street that, that yeah. you know. Yes. That type of activities went down. But, but my thing also is if those men had said no, would their lives have been saved? Probably. That's just crazy to think about. I mean, he was probably going after gay men. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of his thing? Are you going to talk about that? Yeah. Or, okay. It was. I'm pretty sure he mainly went after gay men. Yeah. It was probably I don't more think he ever of, had a, a woman victim. Yeah, so, so I yeah. mean, it makes sense that that's where he would be. So, days after Wallace's statement, another body turned up with the same strangulation marks. Investigators were able to track down the trailers Wallace mentioned, and they identified the driver. So, this was, like, the biggest break. Yeah. It was Wallace. It was 41-year-old Ronald Joseph Dominique. They investigated Dominique and found out that years prior, he had been arrested for sexually abusing a man. Oh. After two months of surveilling Dominique, investigators brought him in for questioning. They brought up Wallace, and it struck a memory in Dominique, though he didn't remember the name. Yeah. He remembered the situation. Dominique denied any wrongdoings towards Wallace and even insisted that Wallace had tried to rape him. Whoa. He even, Dominique even agreed to give a DNA sample to see if it matched the hair found on the first victim. It's just like Sean. Oh, okay, so... Because yeah. I mean, Sean agreed to give DNA as yeah, well. Yeah, so I'm guessing it is him? Yeah, it was him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I guess because you kind of can't say no. All of these are yeah. kind of connected because it's kind of like what Destiny talked about with the Ingrams. How you kind of... You can't say no to law enforcement because then you're It'll just going to get in trouble. Yeah, you'll be more suspicious if you say no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just he agreed... And so by October of 2006, the victim count was up to 23. The DNA sample Dominique gave ended up being a match. He was arrested and brought to the sheriff's station where he was originally only charged with two murders. But more charges were added. Within the first 20 minutes, Dominique started confessing to everything. That's exactly what happened with yeah. uh, with, with Sean. That's just... I think it strokes their ego, to be honest, to talk uh, about it. Yeah, uh, probably. Because, I mean, you're going to life in prison for killing be like, at least two people anyways. Yeah. There's no like there's their, no getting out of prison after that. trophy kind of moment. Like, they're, like, yeah, big. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I did all of this shit. This is all that I did. He revealed that he would use a seatbelt or an extension cord to strangle his victims. 
Then he also stated that his murders were justified because his victims had raped him. And I read there was a psychologist like statement and a thing I read that stated that a lot of serial killers do that to make themselves seem like the victim in the situation instead of the actual victim. Yeah, so he tried to make it seem like self-defense. Yes. Even though even he, though just, he murdered just murdered them. He just yeah. killed them. He just murdered them, yeah. He eventually confessed to all 23 murders. Every single one. Wow, 23. And 23. when did you say he was convicted? He was convicted and convicted. He wasn't sentenced to, like, prison until 2008. No, I mean, no, sorry. When was he incarcerated? 2006. Okay, that's kind of crazy. Because Derek Toddley was in, like, 2003, 2004. Then, Sean. then Sean in 2004. Then and Dom- then him. Dominique. That's crazy. Yeah. There was three serial killers going around Louisiana at the same exact the same time. time. That's wild. He also agreed to accompany the sheriffs to where he had dumped the bodies. So he just took them to find all the bodies. On September 23rd, 2008, Dominique pled guilty to eight counts of murder and was sentenced with eight consecutive life sentences. Wow. And that's all I have about the Bayou Strangler. Goodbye, you Strangler. Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He's, okay. I think he's 58. Okay. So they never went with the nope. with the death sentence. With the death penalty. Do you nope. know if he's in the Louisiana State Penitentiary? I'm not sure. It didn't say where probably. he was. Probably. I would. Fe- is he with Sean? Is he kicking it with Sean? No. Yeah, he's probably with Sean and Derek. Derek Tolly. Yeah. That's insane. I feel like if there's like serial killers from a place and there's another big one in like in the prison, you need to send them someplace else. Yeah. Like they should not have communication with one another. <laughs> Absolutely not. That would be bad. Hey guys, it's Maddie, and before Destiny gets into her case for this episode, I just wanted to say a couple things. Firstly, I just want to say that all of our hearts go out to the family of the victim, and secondly, I know we're not very hyper and very jokative during this time, but with a case like this that is so recent, we didn't want to make any inappropriate jokes about it, but just try and sit with us and listen through the whole thing. The very purpose of covering this case was to show awareness, and we just want to make sure that that gets done properly and gets most amount of people as possible. And finally, I promise that right after this, we get back into a more jokey mood. So yeah, thanks. Okay, so for mine, for my people call mine, I didn't necessarily do something that was uh, a comedy sketch. Uh, This strays away from that narrative a lot. And I also didn't write a hook. Um, And Ava, you'll probably know this as soon as I talk about it. But um, it's going to be the investigation of Allison Rice and her murder, which happened on the 16th. A little background on her. She was a 21-year-old from Geisberg, Louisiana, and she was found deceased inside her car with bullet holes in it at the edge of downtown Baton Rouge early Friday morning, and that was the 16th. Um, now, it's important to note that, you know, just for this case, it's very current, it's very very fresh and um two days ago right yeah yeah um and it's something that's very very close to me and definitely close to ava um she was a student at lsu um and she was actually within my uh college of study so she's she was a marketing major just like i am um and she was only a few years older than me she was going to graduate in may um she was actually in a few of my classes i never met her personally but um i got an email the morning after about it just uh my school sent out like a mental health 
resources, uh, email to everyone that was in her classes along with her. But I just kind of want to discuss it. And I also want to turn this into a kind of a weekly update thing where before my people gone mad, I just kind of give an update about it because it's something, you know, I feel really drawn to and I really want to talk about. And just give awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Her brother was in my graduating class in high school. We graduated together. Wow. Did you know him? Uh, yeah. I don't really know if he... I knew of him. He might know of me. We had a class or two together. But, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a very, very close uh, close to home case. And um, I just wanted to kind of talk about what we know so far about this. So, like I said, she was a senior marketing student at LSU. She was found by the railroad tracks on Government Street near Eddie Robinson Drive. This was this uh i think it was like two in the morning 206 some i forget the specific time Um, but i was on that road and i was driving back from an event that i had gone to a few hours before that i think it was around 10 o'clock and then she was found around two and it just really hit me when i found out like how close i was in the time span that it happened um how insane it is that she has so many similarities to me and the people that I know and her I I mean just the way that things have happened in the past week and for the people that love her and that she loved has gone so much differently than for me and for everyone else who was so similar to her and it kind of just really hit me and I had a life moment about it but the Baton Rouge Police Department stated that it was possible that Allison was stopped waiting for a train to pass at the time of her death however no confirmations have been made about that police have not identified any suspects at the time and no motive has been established or suspected um it's very new she was believed to have been out with friends somewhere in mid-city baton rouge prior to her death and there aren't any personal statements from the friends that she was with yet um but there were a few from people that she knew either through school or um I know one of them is from her employer and um just close friends and loved ones and I wanted to go ahead and just kind of read some of those just to kind of get a feel of like who she was and really just bring awareness to that uh one person stated that uh, she had such an amazing bright future ahead of her and everything was just only up and up she was about to graduate and it just seems so senseless and devastating that someone as bright as her would be taking away from us this early. Another person said that she was really high-spirited and talkative. And then her employer even said that she was an outgoing person and just an all-around good girl. And like I said, it's just a very, very close-to-home case. I don't have anything super in-depth yet about this. But I'd like to update weekly and really draw attention to, honestly, just the constant promotion of safety and awareness especially for women in large cities women on college campuses it's so so important to remember to protect yourselves and protect the people that you care about because things of this nature happen so frequently and we often forget and we don't pay homage to the people that fall victim to this because we don't know how to 
And I think it's really important to just um, start that conversation and kind of open up that narrative. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do for my people gone mad. But I'm going to go ahead and um, look at updates each week. And for the next few episodes, make sure that I'm keeping track of Allison's case. Yeah, and sorry we weren't very talkative during that. No. I just really wanted to, you know, hear the story, hear what was going on, because it is... Yeah, it's very recent. It's very recent. Very and recent. I know it's very personal to y'all, so yeah. I didn't want to, like, interject with anything. Yeah, we both have connections to that situation. Yeah, and on a brighter note, yeah. Maddie's Maddie's I feel turn. really bad about this, because mine's, like, funny. And, like, and no, no. I don't want to, like, kind of bring up the mood, like, or, like, say sometimes, that it was a somber thing, no, but... Sometimes we just, we just sort of need, like, a good laugh yeah after that so, so yeah. i do want to start off you know kind of going from yours to mine that i don't have an update on the matthew Muir case um i looked everywhere to try to find what happened during his trial but i guess nothing's public yet so as soon as that comes out whichever episode it is i will make sure to post an update about it because someone who listens to the podcast was very adamant that we had an update on the Matthew Muir case this person knows who they are and we're gonna shout him out right now for being a phenomenal supporter, supporter. podcast supporter Mr. Justice King <laughs> <laughs> thank you Justice for listening <laughs> thank you Justice for listening all right so mine's really short which is kind of good because we are already an hour and 45 minutes in before, oh, I don't feel right. before editing. Like I've been driving on the wrong side of the I think collectively that's probably like our favorite song. Yeah. yeah. As like the Mad Hatters. I, collectively. The song is Risk by Mega Mango. Please go listen to it. I'm not asking. They're a I'm very begging. they're very kind of like small indie it's a, band it's a small indie band there that song is life-changing they are phenomenal they are so nice they have everyone i've showed to my dms everyone i've showed that song to loves it yes literally everyone go listen to risk it's by mega life-changing mango. risk by Me- listen to every single mega mango song to be honest that is so true to be honest go and listen to their most recent single honestly yeah so good blurt blurt phenomenal <laughs> So good. Sorry, Blurt, Boggle, Risk. Go listen. Yes. They're all so good. Go listen right now. All right, so I'm going to get into my little people gone mad. My little hook is Dumb Man Dash Cam. So mine is not a serious case at all. But I just wanted to start off with the Slidedale Police Department responded to a call at about 4 p.m. on Friday, September 3rd, 2021, concerning a man who had been injured in a hit and run involving a Tesla. So Elon Musk's fault automatically <laughs> putting the blame on him. Okay. You can believe that, Ava. We'll see. When authorities arrived at the scene, officers found 47-year-old Arthur Bates Jr., who told them this Tesla driver had backed the car into him at a gas station parking lot and drove off. Bates had suffered back, leg, and neck injuries, resulting in an ambulance and a fire truck to be dispatched to the location. Thankfully, Teslas have a built-in system within the cars that allowed the cameras to record in advance, allowing Bates to show authorities proof of this almost disastrous event, right? Once authorities found this tainted Tesla driver, they demanded to see the footage. After their evaluation, 
They released video footage from the incident. The clip showed Bates walking across the parking lot from the pumps at a considerable distance from the Tesla. However, he then comes up and stops just off to the left rear fender of the vehicle. The Tesla starts to back up and stops before Bates steps onto the back bumper and falls off. Later pretending to be in pain, the driver subsequently steps onto the camera view, removes Bates' foot from the bumper, (laughs) and drives away from the scene. (laughs) So wait, he just took a back dive off the back bumper (laughs) and said that he got hit in the head run? Yes. Okay. And then claimed to have the back leg and neck injuries. Bates admitted to fabricating the entire event and is now facing one count of false swearing with the intent to cause an emergency response. That's all I have on this. That's reminding me of my middle school bus driver. So my old, like, friend one time was getting on the bus. We rode the same bus. Mm -hmm. There was only, like, five of us on the bus at the time. It was one of the first stops. And she dropped something, so her mom got out of the car that she was waiting with her in. And she forgot to put the car in park. And the car slowly started driving and hit the bus. And the bus tilted. Oh, my God. It rocked. Her car hit the bus. Oh, my God. And so my mom had to come get us and bring us to school. Because there was, like, cops called. Yeah. Lots of stuff happening. Anyways, so. Yeah, but at least there was an actual accident. Yeah. It it wasn't bad. I yeah. wasn't hurt. No one else was hurt. But apparently my bus driver was hurt. But no, unlike- she wasn't. She was lying. And then she sued my old oh my god mom. yeah what for neck pain she sued her and she won but she wasn't in pain i can tell you because i wasn't in pain like i was fine uh, it's giving arthur bates and it hit the middle of the bus and i was like in the middle of the bus <laughs> so like it's wild it was wild anyways that's all i have on this case i just thought it was really funny he didn't know that tesla's recorded everything that was going on because oh otherwise because otherwise why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Like, just an idiot. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to get me a check. No. No. Absolutely how not. Was, how long is he going to be in prison? I'm not sure. What did he go to prison specifically for again? False swearing with the intent to cause an emergency response. Seven years? Probably. Right? Something like that. Something like that. I Ava think should so. know. She has a test coming up. We haven't gone in depth like that. <laughs> we just talked about violent crimes and property crimes. Okay. And theories. Well, yeah, that's all I have. I just thought it was really funny. That, no, that is funny. I cannot believe he lied like that. Yeah. Honestly, he's giving <laughs> lying for fun. It like is. Just, he's just like, uh, I just, my back. I just made my it up. My neck. My leg. My neck. My, my back. Lick my, my pussy out of my crack. My neck. My back. My back. Lick my pussy out of my crack. No, they played that at the sign of disco, but it was like the clean version, and I was singing the real version. Lick my. And, no, my, it was it was like my, my and my. Lick, lick my, my thing just like that or something like that. Thing. Yeah, it was lick my something like that. And then so everyone was just screaming pussy. I was. I don't know That's who else was really listening that to that That reminds Personally, me of my homecoming at my little Christian private school. They played Mo Bamba and everyone sang oh every oh, word. Fuck. Shit. Bitch. Young, Young Shag West and, and I'm, I'm getting, getting really, really rich. rich. Anyways. 
No, yeah. you know what else they play at that silent disco? What? King for a Day by Pierce the Veil. Slay. It's been so long by the Living Tombstones. Slay. I was like, Destiny, go to this station. Destiny was like, what is this? I was there like, there is no way that there was not people putting that in because like i was busting down i know every single word to that song well, yeah obviously i was putting in the effort putting in the effort there <laughs> all right so now we're gonna get into tea time and i'm not sure exactly what this is but on our email we actually have an email entitled here's your fucking tea party so <laughs> i don't know what this is about but i'm gonna read it right here live um i'm not gonna mention the name but this is what it says Mortals of the Mad Hatters podcast. I've been put on a holy moral mission. Only I alone know what I've been called to do, and I refuse to give away too much, too. By divine chance, I've stumbled across this podcast on true crime, listening, constantly listening. And what you've shown me is the true nature of the world, the stupidity of criminals, namely those that fail to conceal their identity, and the disgusting, sinful plight of those without moral standards. Is there nothing to be done? All the <laughs> all the greets, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, the Zodiac Killer, lacked conviction. Their killings were selfish. I, on the other hand, am far from selfish. In fact, I am incredibly humble. I, much like y'all, seek righteous justice for all victims and to be a voice for those willing to listen. For I abide by a greater mortal law granted to me by the divine... And now I must test the Mad Hatters. Only under the judgment of the divine will you be deemed worthy of judging others. So will you be judged righteous or will you fall short? Fall short and you will be no different than the criminals in your stories. (gasps) Your first test will be a simple riddle that'll give warning. All in good fun. But also test your abilities. But first, I must add that I am a fan of y'all's work. I, too, like to do my research on people. You could even say, like, a little too much math. No, you could even say, <gasps> I like even to say, do the math. I like to do the math. Do, do the, the homework, homework baby. Yes. <laughs> do the math, do the homework, baby. To find their connections and their acts they wish to keep hidden. What is it that y'all wish to remain hidden? What secrets do you wish to bury? Sincerely. A humble vessel. Should we do the riddle live? And then, Should we do yeah. it right now? And then they have a little crossword riddle, which we'll put on the Instagram in four months. But, okay, let's try to figure out number one. A word that would be spelled different, different in, in Ava's, Ava's hooks. hooks. I don't, I have so many. Let me go look through my hooks. Yeah. That would okay. be so smart. Okay, but let's take note to the fact that whoever sent this in made an entire fucking email account so that yes. they could, their email is like not a personal email name it's specifically like it's um yeah so they made an email they made a crossword crossword puzzle and it says the the first this is the coolest thing to happen to me ever this is so cool and i think they're gonna do a weekly thing guys yeah it's feeling weekly yeah so this might become a weekly thing on the show this is amazing and i like i'm so serious guys we have no clue who this is we have no clue who this is this this is my first time ever reading this was live right here yeah Yeah. okay um oh okay it might be donuts d-o-u-n d-o-n-u-t because i spelt it like the long way okay like donut What's three across? The beginning of madness is name. Mad. <laughs> Five. It comes before an, before end. It's three letters. 
it comes before end. The, 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 the end. The end. Okay, so five. Hold up. Let's let's write this down. Five is the. Five across. Well, uh, yeah, five is the because there's yeah. So what what is it that needs to be spelled different in my hook? Let's just move on and like try to do. Okay. Okay. I know what number six crosses. Okay. It says number six across the root of twenty-five dead infants. Five. Five. Yeah. Five. five. Okay. So six. Six. Here's some math homework. Here's some math homework. Two times five. Now do the math. Do the now do the homework. Two times five, ten. Ten. Okay. Five across. Five down. Five down is ten. There is no five down. Yes, it, there is. I lied. It's, it's right there. I see it. Five down. Ten. It's ten. A question mark on Capitol Hill. A bill? I'm just a bill. Yeah, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting there on Capitol Hill. Because a long way to committee. Uh, oh my god this is the musical episode wait yeah. what the fuck okay i think so it might be four, i think it might be bill four down b-i-l-l it, it work with number, yeah work with six across yeah it would work <laughs> i'm so confused why did you do this to us what? you humble vessel this is hard this, this was, one's really hard the beginning thinking, of madness's name i was thinking maybe raven but it's too short to be Raven. Okay, so we can't figure this out right at this very moment. So what we're going to do is we're going to think about it throughout the week. And before Thursday, whenever this episode comes out, we I, will know. We we will have figured it out. We will have figured it out. And I'll just put in a little audio snippet of myself explaining what it is. And we say whenever we say we can't figure it out right now, we mean there's one specific one that we can't figure out. But we will find out. Well, so, so far... We have five across is the. Six across is five. Five down is ten. Four down is bill. Two down is dog, which we're kind of sketchy on. Dog or do. Dog or do, yeah. One down is through. T-H-R-E-W. And we cannot figure out three, three across. across. It's the beginning of Madness's name. Yeah. We do not know. We have no idea. So we're going to figure this out. Humble Vessel. We will let you know, and hopefully, this might become a weekly thing. Who it knows? It's so fun. This is really fun. But yeah, hopefully, we don't fall short, and we will not be judged. <laughs> <laughs> and we we are different from the criminals we talk about. We, we are. We are. We're not criminals. Well, well one of us might be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Humble Vessel, we've been thinking about this for some time now, and we have come to two conclusions. One being that one down, a word that would be spelled differently in Ava's hooks, is comes, C-O-M-E-S, because Ava spelt it a different way. <laughs> As we mentioned, I think that was episode five. Number two down is do, which the question is homonymous with Scooby-Doo dot 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 question mark, or Scooby-Dooby dot 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 question mark. So we think you're trying to say Scooby-Dooby-Doo. And a word that's homonymous with do, D-O-O, is D-U-E. So that's what we think it is. And number three across is murder, the beginning of Madness's name, because in the beginning, we say murder, rape, and cult activity. Number four down is Bill, because the question is a question mark on Capitol Hill, and like the song that Ava mentioned, a bill on Capitol Hill. Number five across is the, the question is comes before end, the end. Five down is ten. The question is, 
Here's some math. 2 times 5, now do the homework. 2 times 5 equals 10. And finally, 6 across is 5. So the question is, the root of 25 dead infants. The root of 25 is 5. But secondly, if we think that this is the riddle that you were talking about, everything is the same except for 3 across, which could be Matthew, spelled M-A-T-H-E-W. And we think the answer to your riddle is Matthew 5.10, the Bible verse, which reads, God promises blessings if you are persecuted for doing what's right. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is what we believe you're trying to tell us, and we hope we got it right. Thanks so much for your contribution to the show, and we hope to see a response for the next episode. Now, I'm going to let past us scream goodbye at everyone. All right. Well, that's all we have for you guys for today. Yeah, that's all we have for this episode. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you listen next week. Tune in next week for updates on Maddie's case, my case from today, and also potentially the humble vessel. The humble vessel. But we'll see about that. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Three, two, one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show or found this the slightest bit entertaining, Great news. We'll be back with you next week with more mad scientists, people gone mad, and your mad stories. And remember, if you want to hear your mad stories on an upcoming episode, DM our Instagram at m.a.d underscore hatters. Or email us at madhatters.podcast at gmail.com. All links will be posted in the show notes as well as the resources we used in researching this episode. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the show, subscribe to our Patreon, where you can get exclusive content, behind the scenes, video to our episodes, and even unedited episodes a week early, as well as your own input on the cases we talk about on the show. And remember to stay mad and stay out of trouble. Goodbye. Goodbye.